everyone, and welcome to the Forecast Fest. I'm Kate Baldwin, here with John Avlon. Hola. And Harry Enden. Shalom. Since we last got together to tape an episode two weeks ago, life has changed. Your lives have been disrupted. Our lives have been disrupted. The focus of our work has really uh, dramatically changed. We are in uncharted territory as the world fights the coronavirus pandemic. Schools are closed. Travel is limited. Workplaces are shuttered. People are losing their jobs at an unprecedented rate. And all three of us are actually recording for the first time ever in separate locations to, well, because of workplace rules and to protect ourselves and each other. We're going to talk about a lot more about that in just a moment. But also the coronavirus is taking over the presidential primary. Campaigns are canceling events. States are canceling or postponing people voting. As for the primary, after sweeping Tuesday's votes in Arizona, Florida, and Illinois, former Vice President Joe Biden has an all but certain lead over Bernie Sanders at this point. Wednesday, Sanders announced that he is in the the way the term the, the campaign is using is assessing the future of his presidential campaign. <laughs> so let's let's start there. What a difference a week makes, boys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are the numbers? What do the numbers from Tuesday tell you, Harry? I mean, look. Here's the facts. We you don't call someone an inevit- uh, a presumptive nominee until they have accumulated the majority of delegates, right? But the fact is, is that although it is mathematically plausible that Bernie Sanders comes back, it is mathematically silly to believe it. Uh, you know, right now Joe Biden has what about a 310, depending on the exact moment. 310 delegate advantage that he doubled his delegate lead because of the Tuesday contest. And what that essentially means is given the proportionality and given that 58% of the delegates have already been allotted on the Democratic side, that Bernie Sanders would need to win the remaining vote by around 19 percentage points, right? And is that plausible? Not really, because take a look at our last poll, right? Our last CNN poll, basically I took the subgroup of folks in the states who haven't yet voted. And what was their preference for the Democratic nomination amongst those voters who haven't yet voted yet in the states that haven't yet voted yet? Joe Biden holds a 32 point advantage. That is Bernie Sanders is doing about 50 points worse than he needs to do to really have a shot at this thing. So, look, it's pretty much over. That puts in that's some great perspective on what Sanders needs to do. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I mean, I mean, Harry's presenting the facts in a way that um, is a reality check to the Sanders campaign, no matter how painful and difficult that may be. He, uh, the candidate sort of snapped at our own Manu Raju yesterday on Capitol Hill, um, saying that, you know, he was, he was trying to deal with the pandemic and didn't want to talk about the future of his campaign. But that decision's been made essentially for him by voters. I mean, the sheer scale of Biden's victory, Florida winning every county, um, is has been really stunning. And it's stunning because it happened so quickly. And I think there, there are two interesting things that kind of fascinate me. One um, is the simple fact that except for Marianne Williamson and Bill de Blasio, all the Democratic competitors from this cycle have endorsed Joe Biden. Not just philosophically aligned folks. Tulsi Gabbard got out today. Her foreign policy, very similar to uh, you know Bernie Sanders, but she endorsed Joe Biden. I, I, I think it's it's 
it's worth reflecting, especially for Sanders folks, on what that means and why that might be. Um, it would suggest that the people who've campaigned with Bernie Sanders, who probably have a lot of respect for the movement he's built, uh, don't tend to think he would be a good nominee or a good president for the party. Uh, the second thing uh, that I think is worthwhile discussing is something that we've talked about on this podcast a lot, which is the way that sometimes the loudest voices, particularly in an era of social media, um, can convince you there's a depth and a breadth to a movement that might not actually exist. Uh, and, and that's its own reality check. I mean, look, Harry has been warning for a long time uh, that uh, Twitter is a terrible place to gauge actual opinions of actual voters across the United States. And, and while it tends to be disproportionately dominated by activists on, on both sides, um, the progressive wave, while influential, while real, while heartfelt, uh, did not manifest not even compared to Bernie Sanders' numbers four years before. Uh, and, and that, I think, shows that Democrats want to elect, nominate the person who's best positioned to defeat Donald Trump. Um, it's a long way from then to now. But I think in particular also the pandemic has refocused people on the simple competence of government. And that's something that Joe Biden uh, has a strong claim to represent. But remember, guys, I mean, in 2016, Sanders was not quick to jump to support Hillary Clinton and his supporters weren't either. I mean, what, it took Sanders like five weeks to endorse. What does I do wonder what that looks like and means this time around when he eventually gets there. Um, if that how that I don't know, stunts the growth for Joe Biden in terms of his ability to unite the party or in the end, when you are against an incumbent Donald Trump, not just a candidate Donald Trump like in 2016, it looks very different because it's different stakes for Democrats. I, I mean, I think that there are a few things going on here. Number one, look, Bernie Sanders clearly likes Joe Biden. There's been a lot of reporting that's been done on that. You can hear the back and forths. Uh, that's very different than four years ago, where I, I don't think the personal feelings were the same with Bernie Sanders towards Hillary Clinton. There was much more of an animus. I'll also point out that one thing I think that makes sort of bringing the party together a little bit easier than it was four years ago is just look at, you know, John brought up Florida before and he mentioned, you know, that uh, Joe Biden carried all the counties in the state, all 67 counties. Four years ago, although Hillary Clinton had a large win in Florida, I think it was 30 plus percentage points, there were still a number of counties, especially in the North, that Clinton did not carry. And we've seen this in state after state after state where Joe Biden's basically winning all the counties except for maybe one or two. We saw the same thing in Illinois as well. And so there's just a lot more uniformity in the opinions across the spectrum. Yes, there's still that age divide in the Democratic Party. But overall, Joe Biden simply put better like than Hillary Clinton was, especially among the general electorate. And more than that, with the coronavirus pandemic, I think that there is less um, time to say fool around or play around. There's a lot more focus on the issues at hand and on the issue of beating Donald Trump. John, what are we? What can we also look at in Illinois? I mean, like Florida was a wipeout, right? I mean, Biden taking sixty, almost sixty, sixty-two percent to Bernie Sanders taking twenty-two point eight percent, and in Illinois, that seemed to be also a real test for Bernie Sanders, and that was like 
just look at the Biden numbers again. I mean, you've got 59.1% to Bernie Sanders, 36%. Look, the, the numbers have been overwhelming for Joe Biden since South Carolina. Um, Sanders has racked up a couple of wins, um, but largely those were due to early voting in early states or his neighboring, his native Vermont. So once you've gotten past that first Super Tuesday, they've really all broken towards Joe Biden. And uh, Illinois is yet another example. Obviously, Barack Obama's home state, but also the upper Midwest where Bernie Sanders had real traction um, last time around. And and that's really evaporated for him. Um, And, and, you know, I want to mention one thing about the nature of Biden's support, because, look, this was a broad field. Um, Biden froze out a number of folks in the center lane who thought about running. Um, but remember, it was just a few months ago, people were saying, you know, gosh, has, is, is he really, you know, are we looking at peak Biden? Is he in fighting form? Is he going to be able to get the enthusiasm and the energy? And around a year ago, I wrote a column when Biden was about to get in. I spoke to his former, um, uh, Joe Trippi, a Democratic, uh, consultant, kind of a legendary guy to Howard Dean's campaign and many, many others. And he told me a story that stuck with me. It's about Jerry Brown when he was thinking about running for governor at the same time. Uh, um, uh, the second time. Brown, a lot of folks were like, hey, man, you were governor in the 70s. This is the 21st century. Yeah, you know, you've stayed involved in public service, but, you know, maybe it's time to hang it up. You know, maybe you've passed your sell-by date. Brown really wanted to do it. And he just said, look, Trippy, would you put forward a focus group and see what people think? Remember, this is after the Schwarzenegger years, high celebrity, um, you know, a lot of drama, um, and Meg Whitman was running on the Republican side and much to Trippy's surprise, uh, what he found was that California voters were desperate for competence after years of charisma. They wanted someone who knew how government ran, who could make government work. And that was Brown's pitch. And it was not only victorious in the election, it actually resulted in two highly effective terms as governor, uh, despite the lack of celebrity and charisma, uh, that we'd seen before. Real quick, Harry. I mean, I, I'm wondering. So let's just assume it's Biden versus Trump. I mean, where do the head to head stand between those two right now? Yeah, I mean, look, Joe Biden clearly has a head to has a lead over um, Donald Trump in the head to head matchups. The higher quality stuff generally puts that lead between, say, five and 10 percentage points, oftentimes in the upper part of that range or at least in the middle of the upper part of that range. But I think the key question is what happens in the swing states. Right. We know that Joe Biden's ahead. Pennsylvania, Michigan. Um, much bigger question in Wisconsin. Of course, those are the three states or three of the states that voted Democratic all those years, going all the way back since 1992. And then Donald Trump carried in 2016. I think Wisconsin's a key state in there. The polling there, very, very tight. But if you're Joe Biden, you can, in fact, sub in Arizona, which has 11 electoral votes to Wisconsin's 10. And that works as a good substitution. And there has been some recent polling showing Biden up in that state. So for right now, especially with the pandemic going on and perhaps dropping the economy down a little bit, you have to think, if nothing else, Joe Biden is at least a 50-50 shot to beat Donald Trump and probably is a slight favorite. And that really gets us to um, the reality the reality of what we're talking about right now. And you, you both have kind of talked about the impact of the outbreak on the election, on our lives. Obviously, it's going to have a huge impact on the general election. There's no way that it can't. Um, But 
it's also the reality that our work is changing. And um, as a result, we wanted to talk to the, our viewers, our listeners um, right now to let you know that today is our, the final episode of Forecast Fest. Um, this has been an unprecedented election season, and this team is being pulled in many, many different directions while we are covering everything that's happening from the election to now, obviously, the coronavirus pandemic. And now that much of the primary is behind us, we need to move our focus. So we've been with you through all the insanity of this primary, and we've really been able to bring you uh, the data uh, with hopefully a lot of fun and personality. I know I've enjoyed it, and uh, I think that's been very clear. And I want to say thank you to all the folks on Twitter, even just the last couple of days, have been saying, hey, when's the next episode of The Forecast Faced? Well, here it is. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, the sad fact is this will be our last, but won't be going away completely. Uh, we're going to continue, obviously, on CNN, on air, on other podcasts. David Chalian, uh, you know, will be the face and voice of CNN politics in many of the podcasts, but we'll be participating with him. Uh, and, uh, you know, writings on CNN.com and, of course, on air. So we're, we're going to be seeing you soon, just not here in this way at this time. Yeah. And Harry, your thoughts? I mean, look, we had a fun time together. Uh, but all good things must come to an end. You know, I, I remember <laughs> when, when I was in sixth grade, my, my the, our school was divided between pre-K and sixth and then seven through 12. And I remember listening to We Are the Champions by Queen the night before sixth grade graduation, looking at my yearbook thinking, oh, my God, this is the end. Will life ever go on the same way? And the truth was it did go on. Um, and life is going to go on uh, that, you know, we're going to be in different places. And obviously with the pandemic, life may be a little different for a while longer, um, but we will get through this. Um, and uh, Kate, John and I are still going to be friends and we'll be coming <laughs> at you in other ways. I mean, let's be honest. We're friends. We're also frenemies. Uh, I'm definitely going to miss not being able to give Harry a whole bunch of you know what and to see his reaction when all I do is give him grief for what he's wearing to tape the podcast. But regardless, <laughs> I love you guys. And uh, wanted to also let you know, uh, because there is a lot of focus understandably moving to coronavirus. You can also really stay updated on what you need to know about what is going on with the pandemic. CNN is a blockbuster podcast called Coronavirus Fact versus Fiction with Sanjay Gupta. And you can catch that and you can stay updated on that. And Sanjay is Superman and pulling it all mm -hmm. off um, because this is the time that everyone needs fact versus fiction. So um, thank you all so much. We've had so much fun. All good things must come to an end, but that doesn't mean that there might not be something someday down the road, boys. Someday, boys, the three of us will be back together. Um, I hope you've enjoyed our weekly forecast as much as we have. Thank you so much for tuning in this week, every week. Please be, um, please be safe out there. You can always stay in touch with us in the meantime and find us on Twitter. One more time, I'm at Kate Baldwin. I'm at John Avalon. Henrietta. <laughs> Uh, I'm at Forecaster Enton, and now I'm putting out daily uh, Twitter videos, uh, two minutes on elections and jazz. So uh, there's still something there for you to eat up. <laughs> uh, or not, if you want to know. I don't know where Harry's taping those from. I'm just warning My you bad. all. That's exactly what I was concerned about. Um, I love you guys. Special thanks. Are you wearing pants? Or do the pants have yeah. buttons? Uh, no, and I have no comment on the other one. <laughs>
Exactly. I knew it. I knew it. Special thanks to our team behind the scenes, Lauren Moore, Raj Makija, Zach St. Louis, and David Toledo. Thank you for listening to The Forecast Best. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.